0: Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's maze & Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Joining me in just a moment will be editor John Borton from The Wolverine to discuss National Signing Day, Peach Bowl Prep, and much more. First, a few news and notes to get us started, though. The early signing day is tomorrow, Wednesday. As of now, Michigan is putting together a very nice class. Will it be top 10, or will it even be finished as of tomorrow? With two commitment days, the next being in February, it really is anyone's guess. These signing days get crazy, and you never know what you've got until they sign on the dotted line. At any rate, we'll let the dust settle and get Steve Lorenz on next week to share his thoughts. We did get a flip over the weekend. Four-star Anthony Solomon from Fort Lauderdale decided not to commit to Miami, and gave us his verbal. He is a 6 foot, 190 pound outside linebacker. He of course will need to bulk up, but is a very talented player. Another Solomon was in the news Monday. Aubrey Solomon was granted permission to talk to other schools. He has not officially left the program, but it sounds like, for whatever reason, he is looking to transfer. Even though Peach Bowl prep week is underway, and Michigan will be leaving for Florida this weekend. There doesn't seem to be much excitement for the game or the opponent with the fan base. It has been a very low-key couple of weeks leading up to the bowl game. That doesn't mean this is not a big game. It is. We want to finish with 11 wins and most importantly, head into winter conditioning on a positive note. Losing your bowl game can make for a very long winter. Editor John Borton from The Wolverine joins me next to discuss that and more here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's maze & Brew. Back with us on our game day segment this week to talk about a lot of stuff on the Michigan athletic scene is editor John Borton from the Wolverine great to have you back with us John
1: and it's good to be with you Mike as always
0: well as we said it's very busy uh right now on the uh, athletic scene the big football news this week John will be the early signing day Michigan already has an elite class picked up a big flip again on Sunday night but there are still some big time kids we're in on right
1: oh there's no doubt about it uh you know you've uh, got so many people from uh, all over the place that are looking at Michigan, but uh, the Wolverines. You know they've they've narrowed it to uh, a few guys left that uh, are closely watching Michigan, and uh, you know you, you hate to you hate to say before all is said and done, but uh, I, I really think that michigan uh a couple of these kids uh down the stretch you could you could hear some big names fall
0: when dax hill flipped to alabama last weekend i thought that was a done deal but i've been reading in the last five or six days that jim and the staff haven't given up on him they're still working on him
1: well there's no doubt about that i mean that was a that was a gut punch for uh yeah. michigan fans The thought was okay this is a done deal when uh, it happened, if somebody flips to uh, to Alabama, but uh, there's been talk that all is not said and done yet, and that's one that we continue to watch pretty closely. It's uh, it's been an interesting saga, so uh, I don't. I, there, there may be another shoe to drop yet in that case and uh and probably beyond dexton hill some some very good news coming up maybe uh even before signing day for michigan
0: you know this whole recruiting process as it is right now john we spend so much time all year i mean all year monitoring these kids crystal balls uh, all of this who's firm who's going to flip it really does come down to signing day all kinds of craziness happens within those 24 hours doesn't it oh
1: absolutely yeah it uh <sighs> you know with the with the uh signing day in february that was that was one thing uh but now there's uh, there's an early one and there's uh, uh, an early deadline and and coaches pushing to get uh Guys, in um, it, it just adds to it, and certainly I think you know as you as you look at uh, you know one that that Michigan you were talking about guys mm-hmm. that uh, they they might uh, get into the fold. Uh, one of the big ones that that Michigan is certainly looking at is uh, defensive end Zach Harrison out of Ohio, mm-hmm. and that is that's one. I think you should keep a very close eye on because here's a kid right in Ohio State's backyard, but that uh, Michigan feels, I think, those around it and watching it feel pretty darn good that uh, he may be headed this
0: way. Well, that would be a big get, no doubt about it. Whatever happens this week, it is going to be another highly regarded class right up there with Ohio State's, isn't it, John?
1: Yeah, it is. It's uh, its got depth. It's got uh, a lot of top end talent. It, they're meeting in a whole lot of needs here, and I, I, I think that uh, one thing that that doesn't get mentioned enough when you're talking about a recruiting class and what the the recruiting class is that Jim Harbaugh has put together. Yes, he's put in uh, brought in guys. Like Devin Bush and Rashawn Gary and and really big big names, but look at some of the other guys that have become very big contributors that weren't necessarily the the five star or people that everybody was talking about uh, necessarily, and uh, and you come up with some some people that have really really contributed. To Michigan football this mm-hmm, year, mm-hmm. and I think those are the guys. Those are some of the guys that that really intrigue me because uh, they become they they become very very big parts of your roster. I mean, I'm I'm talking about not again not the the Aubrey Solomons and and the Rashawn Garys, but the Josh Uches of the world and some other guys that we. It's like okay, uh, who you know, uh, what's this guy going to do? Ronnie Bell is a great example. Yeah. He was uh, he was no big star guy, and yet he steps up as a freshman wide receiver and and starts delivering right away. So, uh, I'm I'm anxious to see some of these guys in the class that develop uh, that not everybody. Uh, immediately is find as some job-dropping addition.
0: You know, when we look at this whole recruiting process, Ohio State has recruited at just an extremely high level under Urban Meyer, but Michigan, under Jim Harbaugh, very, very good too. Do you think the talent gap between the two teams is closing or that far apart right now, John?
1: Tough to say it's closing when Ohio State has had higher-rated recruiting classes, Mm For the most part, they have recruited, under Urban Meyer, they recruited extremely, extremely well. It's to be determined, a couple things, to be determined how they're going to recruit in the days post-Urban Meyer. uh, Certainly, they still have a lot to offer. They've been riding high. uh, But at the same time, even given the fact that they've had higher-rated recruiting classes up until this year, the two years before that, Michigan more than competed with them. Most say they that, that Michigan should have beaten them in 2016. They had them down 10 points down in Columbus, and that one slipped away via a combination of reasons. You know, Michigan can compete with this team. Uh, the 2018 game notwithstanding, that one, it, it got away from them, and it was hugely disappointing. But at the same time, Michigan is going to have plenty of talent uh, to be able to compete with Ohio State. Whether it's closing or not, I think that's going to be a a function of what we see in the the immediate post-Urban Meyer era.
0: Well, there's going to be plenty of time to talk about the recruiting and how all of those things play out in the uh, the coming days. But right now, uh, the team is preparing for the Peach Bowl. And while the fan base might not be thrilled with the bowl, or the opponent, this is a very big game for Michigan and the future, John, isn't it?
1: It certainly propels you into the offseason and and gives you a boost. I I think that um, this one could be argued both ways because, A, I don't know uh, if it's going to be as true a test as you might like it to be given the fact that uh, Michigan may not have all the contributors on hand that did what they needed to do to put Michigan into a a 10 win position. Mm -hmm. I mean, there might be, we know Rashawn Gary's sitting out. We may have uh, at least a couple more guys that that do that, that are pretty prominent players off this roster. And then, you know, it's, uh, but, but the flip side of that is you do get to see, okay, what's, what's the immediate future. and, how much can you look forward to uh, turning the page and moving forward with this group? So, I, I think it's a it's a compelling game from that standpoint. Who, if guys are out, who steps up? How does this team react mentally to the the huge disappointment that was losing that Ohio State game in the fashion it did?
0: Well, this Florida team uh, is under Dan Mullen now, who coached under Urban Meyer, and they like to do a lot of the same things Ohio State does in offense. They like running a lot of those crossing routes. This is not going to be easy, John. These guys are a pretty darn good and athletic team, aren't they?
1: Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, in some ways, uh, Michigan's own Florida of late, but every team's different. And uh, you're talking about the, the crossing routes, which were poisonous for Michigan in the Ohio State game you got an inkling of that with uh, Indiana doing some of that and then but then you substitute Ohio State talent for Indiana talent and it's a whole different ball game as we saw the question is uh, I don't I don't think Florida the talent there is at the level of an Ohio state at this point but scheme wise you certainly. Uh, got burned in a big way by some of the things that uh, schematically Ohio State did, you're coming straight off of that. Good time to be able to come up with some things that rectify those issues. Mm-hmm. And that that is on both scheme and personnel. And, <laughs> you know, you, you really hope if you're Don Brown, you're going in with uh, – with all the the bullets in the chamber, so to speak, in terms of defensive personnel, and again, you know, I'm I'm not going to get ahead of things uh, about guys uh, particular mm-hmm. individuals not being in the lineup, but if there are some key performers there, you know uh, that that's going to be something really to watch. In addition to how Michigan reacts schematically to what Florida does.
0: Well, again, we know the fan base is not really amped up about this game but it's it's a chance to win 11 games and even more important John a lot of times I think we underestimate this a win could have a big carryover into getting ready for next season couldn't it
1: oh there's no doubt I mean it's tough Uh, winter conditioning is drudgery regardless of uh, what you do but when you're coming off a win when you're uh, looking at an 11 win season it just it Guys say it, it gives them a, a boost going into those workouts, and I think depending on who uh, you know who is stepping forward, it, when we hear uh, about individual guys, like uh, a year ago, we we heard that uh, Chase Winovich was going to be back, and that was a big boost for this team. And certainly, it would be. If uh, you get a Shea Patterson saying, you know he's going to be back, and this team is going to build to uh, to come off a bowl win and really get it right all the way through next season, those sorts of things. I, I think Michigan is looking at a better outlook schedule wise than it was hearing about all off season last year. It was what the, the constant drone was. Now that the, the schedule is just too tough, they're not going to be able to make it through. And they made it through uh, for the most part until they hit that last game. Uh, this time around, you take those games that were on the road that were very very tough, uh, from Notre Dame to Michigan State to Ohio State, and those are going to all be in Michigan Stadium this year. That's one more reason that uh, if you finish strong and you're looking ahead towards next year, that's another thing you've got in your favor that really can propel you uh as you mentioned towards uh preparing for spring ball and what's to come
0: well you know when the dust settles in january or february after the bowl and after the season is over john and we look back at what we we just witnessed do you think we're going to consider this season a success or regardless of what happens against florida a disappointment because how we lost in columbus
1: well i think you could just, i mean there's elements of both there uh, it's certainly a good season. Some people take it and label it a great season. Uh, it, it's, that's tough to say Anytime you uh, you get a battering like you absorbed in Columbus. And that's I, just the way it is for Michigan fans. You've got to be able to at least hold your own against the Buckeyes and, and to get a win in that game really can elevate any season to greatness. I would say it was successful, and there's there's so many. It, it certainly was. You had people saying before the, the season, this could be a five or six win team with this schedule and all, all this sort of thing, and that was way to the low side. But uh, if you go eleven wins on this year, and uh, you you swept the trio that people were saying we're going to be huge trouble: Wisconsin, Michigan State, Penn State in the middle he did a lot of things right very successful season in a lot of ways and yet uh, he just this is a team that still hasn't gotten over the hump against Ohio State that is a disappointment there's no getting around that and especially the the feeling was this year okay Ohio State just uh, you know they's playing these close games with Nebraska and Maryland and 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 this is Michigan's best effort that we've seen to date this is the year well it wasn't the year and so that that leads people to to think you know that's that is a big disappointment it's expectation so much plays into the feeling there and that's that's where the disappointment comes from
0: Mm mm-hmm well, you know, John, something I've noticed uh, increasingly over the last few years: the the bowl committees, the NCAA, the the playoff committees all talk about uh, maintaining the integrity of the bowl structure. But since this season ended and all of the uh, the the bowls were awarded, I don't know if it's just me, but talking to fans, and I've heard this on BTN and ESPN there just seems to be a real lack of interest across the border. I shouldn't say a lack of interest, but teams losing interest in these bowl games. Do you think that is directly because of the playoff system?
1: Oh, I do definitely, yeah. Because you've got um, three games that um, just matter above all, and that's the semifinals and the finals. And I, you know, it's, it's was predicted to hurt the bowls, it has hurt the bulls. I think it will continue to hurt the bulls, and but that's the genie that's not going back in the bottle. I wrote recently in favor of an 18 playoff, mm-hmm. which I think would be the absolute ideal number. And in my mind, you could incorporate uh, either incorporate more bulls into that, or have those early rounds at uh, at campus sites. And either way, uh, I think. That uh, that would be a, a boost, but I think now that you're in a playoff era, um, you're in a situation where you can't get around it. If you're a if you're a lower tier bowl, uh, you've got a, a tough time mm-hmm. selling the importance of of what you're doing.
0: You know, some of these bowls. Uh, I know there's I think 39 bowl games between now and the uh, the playoffs. But even last year, you watch some of these games. There was no one in the stands at some of these uh, lower tier bowl games.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, you know just the sheer number that you're talking about. Uh, you've got teams that uh, went seven and five during the regular season, and and uh, you know the fans aren't going to plunk down a, a ton of money to go and travel and see some of this. Uh, and we've seen that played out. And you, have, the influence of television is good and bad for football. You certainly have uh, a lot of money coming into the sport because of that. But you also have a situation where if uh, Joe fan wants to save his cash, he can go and Mm. and see any number of games in his living room on his big screen TV. And I know that's something that uh, many, many athletic directors are very worried about and uh, one of them is word manual for mm-hmm. the future of the sport not necessarily focused just on michigan but for the sport in general
0: well with us here on our game day segment this week is editor john borton from the wolverine and john there's a lot other than football to be excited about in the michigan athletic scene coach john beeline and his team off to an 11 and 0 start what a very pleasant surprise john
1: Oh, and you want to talk about the, the perfect tonic for Michigan <laughs> fans who are very disappointed about that that football ending. All of a sudden, you got a, a basketball team winning at Villanova and knocking off North Carolina and winning their first two Big Ten games. Just a tremendous amount of excitement around basketball. You know John Beilein's teams are going to be really, really good come – February, mid-February, and and into March, but uh, this this team seems to have skipped a stage. Not that they're not uh, still learning and and all that. Uh, you, you see that in a little bit of a you know struggle against Western Michigan oh.
0: or uh,
1: the the occasional uh, game where they they have a tougher time. But I mean, this team is on a roll. It came out of the gate really winning at a high level and something that stuck with me that Isaiah Livers said before the season and he said people are underestimating what this trip to Spain did for us in terms of chemistry and getting a head start playing together and I think that this is a Michigan team that benefited from that and really just came out to shoot playing at a very high level and there's no reason that that shouldn't continue i
0: Well, let me know right now in the next two weeks, Binghamton and the Air Force Academy, I believe, and then it gets real, uh, the Big Ten. Uh, Big Ten play resumes, I should say, with 18 games. And uh, looking at the conference and what we're seeing uh, in the uh, pre-Big Ten season, John, uh, you are not going to be able to take a night off at home or on the road. The conference looks darn tough right now, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. I mean, you knew about Michigan State. And everybody was talking about them coming in and certainly uh they are going to be very good, are very good, uh, but we're seeing other teams uh like Wisconsin, like Indiana, like Ohio State that have gotten off to an extremely good start. And you're right, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a grind. And going on the road to those places where uh, there is no love lost for the Wolverines, it's uh, it's going to be a grind, there's no doubt. And with the schedules the way they are, uh, any given stretch can be one of those deals where, okay, there's a loss maybe to somebody that uh, you might expect to have a tough time with on the road in the Big Ten, and then there's somebody that uh, you come off of that and it it stays with you, and somebody gets you that everybody thinks, well, that shouldn't have happened, but it did. And so I think that uh, with this team, it's going to be versatile enough, and what it's got in its back pocket is that, uh, one of the best defenses around and that really really is going to make a difference over the long haul because that you don't depend on the shooting you you it's not like you have to hit 50% from the floor you don't have to hit a dozen three-pointers in any given night and they've already proven that they they've ground out a few games where they really exerted a defensive will and that's going to make a difference to me, in the long run, and I think when you come right down to the end, Michigan's going to be there right at the top or near the top of the Big, standings, uh, big Ten standings battling it out for a regular season title.
0: Over on the women's side, we, of course, never seem to pay enough attention to Kim barnes rico and what she's got going on. Women's team playing very well, though, 8-3 and three right now. And she's really built the program up. We know that. Expectations for them are high also, aren't they, John?
1: I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, they've had a steady progression under Kim Barnes or Rico. And I think that there hasn't been, you know, you talk about eight and three, there hasn't been a loss there where you'd say, well, that shouldn't have happened." to I me. Mean, you're talking about uh, teams like number 10, Texas, and number 13, North Carolina State, uh, the latter of those on the road. Uh, these these haven't been games that you should think, well, you know, what, what, what happened there? The other, the third loss at number 22 Marquette playing a very, very good schedule early. And uh, I think it's going to pay benefits down the road. This is a team that that beat number 21 Missouri. So yeah, I, I I totally concur with the fact that uh, this uh, coach Rico has, has done a magnificent job in building a very credible program and uh, should more than hold its own, I would think, in the Big Ten season once that rolls around uh, come December 28th.
0: Well hockey's off to a 6-7 and 4 start right now. Maybe not what we expected, but there is a ton of young talent and Mel Pearson is uh, so good at putting it together, especially come March, isn't
1: he? Absolutely, and I think that you're talking about the key right there and Mel Pearson's ability to take a roster and bring it along through the course of the season and what you're doing in those latter months. You know, I talked we talked about John Beeline doing mm-hmm. that. And uh, eliminating the the uh, really kind of the hard, tough learning stages as far as the win-loss record early, this team's the opposite. This team is uh, uh, a, a team that is learning to win the close games. And you look at their last, I believe it's seven contests, they have been within a goal. And you're, get, or, uh, you're getting... Uh, these ties and these overtimes and these one goal losses. And it's just uh, it's, it's been a struggle against very, very good competition uh, of late, you know, the Wisconsin's and the Michigan States. So um, it's, it's certainly not getting blown off the ice or anything like that. More a matter of, okay, the, a bounce here and there, and maybe uh, a little bit of learning on the defensive end and how to score at just the right time. I I think that this team is going to be fine, and I think you're going to see uh, it take a jump and and really steadily
0: improve as well throughout the course of the year. You can tell from what we talked about this morning, there's a lot going on. There's a National Signing Day coming up, early signing period uh, this week. Uh, bowl preparation for the Peach Bowl, uh, Big Ten men's and women's basketball, hockey, just a lot of stuff going on. So um, after the, uh, the new year, we have a lot to look forward to. My guest today on our uh, game day segment has been editor John Borton from the Wolverine. And, John, as always, we uh, enjoy having you on the show, and we look forward when we turn the calendar to 2019 having you back in January. Sounds good. Oh, it's great to be with you, Mike. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the vSporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's maze & Brew. On Quick Hits today, next week we'll have our Peach Bowl preview shows. Our game day segment will air on Christmas Day. My scheduled guest will be beat writer Angelique Schengelis from the Detroit News. On Thursday, we hope to have beat writer Scott Carter from FloridaGators.com on our visitor segment. With the game a few days before New Year's Day and Christmas packed in there, everyone's schedule is pretty tight, but make sure you take some time from your busy holiday goings-on to join us next week. I also hope to have a Michigan Man Extra sometime next week with Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports to get his thoughts on the early signing period and recruiting in general. It's going to be a busy winter on the Michigan athletics scene, so don't forget, I'll be here with you each week to talk football, Michigan hoops, and even hockey, and much more. For those of you who think we go away after football season, we don't. The show is weekly from January through April, and there will be a lot to talk about this winter and spring. There always is. That will do it for another show. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. Make sure you come back next week for our Peach Bowl previews. Again, my scheduled guest on Tuesday's Michigan Game Day is beat writer Angelique Schengelis from the Detroit News. And on Thursday's Visitor's Edition, Scott Carter from FloridaGators.com. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Until then, take care, and as always, Go Blue!